Good morning, Cornerstone Church. We're glad you're here today and watching us online. And I, I just want you to know we love you, we miss you, we've been praying for you, and uh, we are definitely here for you. Well, thanks for coming today and listening to us. Hey, we, we're on our series called Covered, and we're talking about how what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago has covered us. And guess what today is? Today is Palm Sunday. That's when Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he begins Holy Week. He comes into Jerusalem, and this is where he sets himself up to be eventually beaten, cursed at. Um, he's been kicked, bruised, you know, whipped, and then eventually crucified. He's treated like a criminal because not because of what he did but because of what we have done through our sin. He took our sin upon himself so we might have this life. We might have not only eternal life, which does start now, but life abundantly. And that's one of the reasons he's came. And so uh, we are here at Palm Sunday and we're celebrating that and what he did throughout this whole week that we're going to be celebrating Jesus. Um, and next Sunday is Easter, and I want to encourage you to um, invite people to watch our, our online service on Easter morning. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends, your family to watch our online service next week on Easter. Because what we're doing, we're celebrating what Jesus did. Jesus changed the world. He changed lives. He gave us an opportunity the ability to become righteous, to become sons and daughters of God. And uh, we want to give people that opportunity. But because of what he did over 2,000 years ago, did cover us, even for the times that we're going through today. He covered us. He gave us love. He gave us life. He gave us protection. He gave us healing. He gave us purpose. He gave us joy. Uh, he gave us peace in the midst of things that are going on and so there's a lot of uncertainty in this world but everything Jesus did covered us for this time there's uncertainty especially now you know in emotionally there's uncertainty there's emotion there's uncertainty in our finances and our jobs uncertainty relationally and uncertainty in spiritual realm but um, even though life has become very unfamiliar it's become very uncomfortable um, what, that ha what happens during this time, it leads a lot of people into a place of anxiety, a place of fear, a place of worry. Um, because what, what's the, the normal Kansas Cityan right now doing right now? They're thinking about their health. Am I going to be healthy? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to have money to uh, pay my bills? and do what I, I think God wants me to do. And, uh, is, is, is my family going to be right? Is the Chiefs going to have their season, right, in, in the fall? You know, I think we're all concerned about this, but what does God say about this situation? It really comes from our main verse out of John 16, verse 33. It says here, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And this is our whole uh, uh, scripture about what we're talking about being covered. Jesus has overcome the world and he has come so that you and I might have peace. But what I want to talk about today is how Jesus, what he did for us, gave us peace in a time where fear wants to take hold of us 
and, uh, and, and really take things away from us. And that's what fear does. It does. It takes things away. So what does fear do when it comes into people? When they're fearful of their health, fearful of their finances, fearful of relationships. What, what does uh, fear do? Because Paul says fear is not given by God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, fear but of what he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. So what does, fear do, uh, what does fear do to us when it comes into us? Number one, and you can follow along in our app, um, or if you're on cornerstonelife.org, there should be some notes you can follow along with us here. Fear consumes our mind. Most of the things we fear never really happen. But what it does, when we're in fear, it consumes us. That's all we can think about. Um, Psalms 13.2 says this, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So it, it consumes us. It consumes what we think about. The second thing fear does, it clouds our judgment. We begin to lose perspective because we're always focused on one thing. What's going to hurt us? What's going to harm, harm us? What's going to steal from us? You know who that sounds like? That's the enemy. That's what Jesus says. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But that's what we're focusing on because when fear comes in, and that's the whole purpose of fear, to get our eyes off Jesus and on to the enemy and what he's trying to do against, do against you. John chapter 12 verse 42 says this, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. Talking about these leaders, these religious leaders of the day believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. Out of fear, they would not confess Jesus. And it stopped them from receiving what God had for them. So fear clouds your judgment. It makes you make decisions that you don't even believe in. It makes you do things that you don't even want to do because you are afraid. Fear does that. So it clouds your judgment and it consumes your mind. And the third thing it does, it, it controls your life. It will control your life. Listen to this out of Jeremiah 6 verse 24. It's, he says here, we have heard reports about them, and our, and our hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped us. I don't know if you've ever experienced anxiety. You know how fear grips you. It holds you. I mean, it's like it puts you in a ball and puts you on the floor, and you're curled up in a corner somewhere. And it says, anguish has gripped us, pain like that of a woman in labor. It will control you. It will stop you from doing the things that God's called you to do and who's God called you to be. It will stop you in your tracks and not allow you to move forward. Fear has come upon our nation. It has come upon the people in the church and it's consumed us. It's trying to control us. It's, it's trying to cloud our judgment and where we are believing things that maybe we would have never believed before. So how do we get out of this? How do where fear is not a factor in our life? You know, the Bible says that those who are in Christ, we have an area in a sense. We have a refuge, a, a, a panic room, uh, if you will, that we can retreat to when fear and uncertain times come. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 3 says this, do not be faint-hearted or afraid. 
Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. God is here to give you victory. So how do we, when fear comes in, now listen, fear coming into you doesn't mean you're bad, doesn't mean that you are not a Christian or that you're lacking of faith. Let me tell you something. The enemy is bringing fear into your life because he hates you. He doesn't want you to continue. He doesn't want you to succeed in your life. It's not has anything to do with that. What, but we have to learn how to respond when that fear comes in. I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with fear. Even in the, these times, I have to do what I'm about ready to preach to you. I'm not, I'm not preaching this to you, teaching this to you, because I haven't been through it. Trust me, I've been through it. And this is what the Lord has me do. Number one, in order to defeat fear in our lives, in this time, in this hour, because we need to, is that we need to respond to God's agenda. You and I need to respond to what God has for us. When you know your purpose, it keeps us, it keeps perspective in our life. Romans chapter 8, turn there, verse 28, and it says, And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So you and I have been called to the purposes of God. That we've been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, you and I have, a, have the purposes of God. God has called you to be that mom. God has called you to be that dad. God has called you to be that, that wife, that husband, that worker. Uh, God has called you in ministry. Every single one of you, you have a ministry. And we need to focus on the things of the calling of God right now and realize that if God is for us, and He is, and He's called you to be that mom, that dad, that husband, that wife, that that uh, uh, laborer, that worker, that 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 uh, person who owns the business, He's called you. In fact, even those businessmen and women out there right now, God's called you to be who you are. Don't get in fear about that. Respond to God's agenda. You should go around your businesses. You should walk around your businesses. You should speak the word of God to your business because God's anointed you, he's equipped you, and he has called you. And if God has called you to be that mom, that dad, that, that husband, that wife, that, that uh, business owner, that, that person who has his job, he is going to help you in it. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So you need to respond in faith to God's agenda. Number two, we need to observe God's presence. We need to worship in the middle of our panic. Worship in the middle of our fear. I mean, God wants you to worship in these times where you're not focusing on, because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on the fear. He wants you to focus on the, what's, what's happening. But God wants you to focus on Him. Psalm 27, verse 1, Look, at, listen to this. The Lord is my light 
and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Um, whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an enemy, an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord. Now, this is somebody that an army is coming against. This is someone the enemies are coming against. And he says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. So, so God is saying, let's, let's, let's honor his presence Let's worship. Let's observe God's presence in the middle of your fear. I would take Psalms 27 and I would speak it over my house. I would speak it over my business. I would speak it over my kids and my relationships and, and the ministry that God has called us to. I would speak it and I do speak it over this church. The Lord is my life. He is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me or when this evil virus is, tries to advance against me to devour my flesh my, when my enemies and my foes attack me they will stumble and fall speak that and do it and do it in a sense of worship God I thank you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper go after the presence of the Lord number three how do we get fear and we respond when fear comes into our life we operate with God's provision we remember that God is on your side so we see with eyes of faith we see with eyes of faith and this is so important you remember Elisha when he was in Dothan an army was coming against him they thought and they were outnumbered and remember in 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 16 he says Elisha says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are mo more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed this prayer, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And, you know, we need that. Today, we need to open our spiritual eyes to see what God sees, to see his provision. And I, I know a lot of times when I'm, I'm in fear, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, I need healing or, or I, I need an answer from the Lord, a lot of times it's so easy to see what's right in front of you. What's usually right in front of you is the problem. What's right in front of you usually is the enemy. But we have to begin to see what God sees. And the only way we can do that is when we get into the presence of God and we realize what's, what He sees. When we get into that presence, then we can ask the Lord, open my eyes so I can see the provision. I believe God wants you to see the provision of what you need right now. Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6 says, Never will I leave you or never will I forsake you. So we have this confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen? Amen? So we need to see with God's eyes. We need to, to operate with God's provision. And number four, how do we respond to fear? 
is that we need to model God's peace. How do we show that we're different as believers? That we are peace in times of trouble. Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 says this, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to them, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Peace of the Lord. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That means no matter what's going on around you, as a believer, one of the ways that we model who God is, is to have peace. Where we know that no matter what's trying to come, at, come against us, that it's not going to harm us. No matter how hurt or how fearful or what's going on, we know God is going to take care of this. John 14, 27, Jesus said this. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as you are seeing with the eyes of God, that means you're operating in God's provision, you're observing God's presence, you're responding to God's agenda. What's going to help you and I more than anything is as we begin to do that that peace is that you receive the gift of peace over your life that Jesus gave us over 2,000 years ago when he gave his life so we can have peace so we don't have to be in trouble or fearful anymore. We can model that peace. And number five, the last one, is that we need to be Christ-reliant. We need to rely on Christ because he did everything. He covered it all for us. We have to realize that every good and perfect gift comes from God the Father. You know, my kids never worry when we go out to eat who's going to pay the bill. They just they just know Daddy is going to pay the bill. And uh, they know that. They know that as a father that I'm going to invest in them. My time, my talents, and my treasure is going to be invested in my kids. How much more God is going to invest in you. He will not let you down. This week the Lord began to give me some words out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verse 11 through 21. I want to read you that and I'm going to speak some on this right now. It says, But you, man of God, flee from all this. Flee from all this trouble. Flee from it. Don't be a part of it. Yeah, it's okay to watch the news, but don't let the news change you. You flee from the things that are coming out of that. Get information, that's fine. Have wisdom, that's awesome. But don't get in fear. Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. Pursue faith. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue love. Pursue endurance. And pursue gentleness. Verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Yeah, it is a fight. And it's not always easy. But pursue those things. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called 
when you made your good confession, that means you gave your life to the Lord in the presence of many witnesses. Enjoy, take hold of the eternal life. Eternal life doesn't start when you're dead and you go to heaven. Eternal life is now. Take hold of it right now. And verse 13, in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made this good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of your Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord alone, Lords, who alone is immortal and who lives unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor forever. Amen. And verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. See, God has this for you. Pursue righteousness. Pursue faith. Pursue joy. Pursue godliness, endurance, and gentleness, and fight the good fight of faith. Let's please God in this time. Let's kick out fear, and let's, let's go after the things of God, and watch God move in a powerful way. I love this. And I want to pray for you right now, right where you're at. So bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever you're at, in your cars, in your homes, wherever you're at. I want to bless you and I want to rebuke fear out of your life and I want to replace it with the peace of God. Let's pray. Father, I bless everyone who is watching that God right now in the name of Jesus, if they're going to have any kind of fear, that Father, we rebuke it in Jesus' name and we replace it with faith, that that power that love and a sound mind. And I thank you, God, they're going to do what you've called them to do. They're going to be who you called them to be, God, because they're not going to let let fear control them. They're not going to let fear consume them. They're not going to let fear cloud their judgment in any way, God, because they're going to respond to who you've called them to be and what you've called them to do. They're going to observe your presence. They're going to get into your presence of God every single day. They're going to operate in your provision, Lord, in the name of Jesus. They're going to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and that God, they're going to rely on Jesus because he is faithful. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And with everyone's eyes closed, please, no one looking around in your house. No, If you're listening to me for the, even the very first time and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Because God loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. And He wants you to come into your life and heal you, and uh, to provide for you, and to give you hope. And uh, He wants to love on you right now. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray these words after me right now in meaning with all your heart, and Jesus is going to come in. He's going to make you a new person. He's going to give you a new life, and today is going to be the start of the greatest journey that you've ever been on. If you will pray these words with me, say, Father God, I come to you right now in Jesus' name, and I give you my life. 
I give you everything. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive all that Jesus has done for me. I believe in him that he died on the cross for me so that I might know you, God. And Father, I thank you for giving me new life, for giving me everything that you have in Jesus' name. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I will serve you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.